0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another
1: chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate.
0: We're back with a topic Tuesday of some very interesting discussion points. And we've got a great debate, too. This is okay. going to be awesome, but you guys have really responded to the last episode. That was the color-corrected Focus mm-hmm. RS and Honda Civic Type R, and if you haven't seen that, that will be coming to Amazon. I'm really excited for you to see it, and I know we've been teasing it endlessly, but thank you for all yeah. the comments. And- yeah, yeah. And bringing all that stuff to our attention, we really, really appreciate it and uh, yeah, it was just fun to share It was uh, it well was I had to
1: be snotty for a second. They are all actually color corrected, some better than well, others, but this one actually yes. gave it a look. We yes. actually kind of enjoyed the look you guys responded to that. Thank you, and you just you know what we 've gotten some really great commentary on all of these first three episodes. Uh, I am actually less than a week away from delivering the last of our six brand new episodes, and as Paul said, those will all be on Amazon and Vimeo coming shortly, we, we're, so we get to share them with more people. But those of you that have seen it so far, thank you. Thank you for getting up early. Thank you for setting your DVR. Thank you for helping us. This honestly helps the, the sponsors get awareness, and that allows us to make more shows. So thank you to all of you that are doing that. That yeah. will still matter yep. on Amazon and Vimeo, because you'll still see that it's presented by Covercraft. We just love that those guys are with us. Of course, we also have uh, Auto Tempest and Brush Hero and Grio's Garage as part of this season. All of those guys are supporting us because they know you guys are watching. So thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And please don't forget to use the code every day at both Grio's and Covercraft. So Covercraft, we will get yeah. free shipping in the U.S. Griot's Garage you'll get 10% off your order and I'm already hearing of people using the code and thinking you know what I think I'll grab a cover and yeah I just good I, I had a great lunch uh like I uh said before in the last podcast I am still in California this is podcast number two while I'm in California and for those of you who are listening for podcasts back I we're, we're sorry that uh if if I miss you and I, I've had one meetup so far which has been great, and that was up at Alice's Restaurant up in Woodside, yeah. which is up at the top of the hill. It kind of crests over to the ocean going down the other side, and it's clearly the bike and car enthusiast hangout. It was a car show yeah. in and of doesn't itself. It doesn't sound pretty
1: at all. The oh, food
0: really? was good, but it's all about the cars, and they're in the midst of the trees and the forest. And Cool. Cool, it's totally it. the destination. I mean, squiggly road leading up to this place, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was great.
1: You're going to try to do another meetup later this week, aren't you? I mean, yeah, the, you don't uh, have the details yet.
0: No details yet. I'm going to try to do that. Uh, still working on that right now, and again, apologies for any background noise. I have switched housing locations, so I'm actually in a hotel yeah. now, and there might be a little bit of traffic rumbling anyway, so I apologize in advance. This will not be the usual thing, and And we'll get back to the studio when I get back. But it's it's been fun. Like I said before, I'm doing some consulting work for Waymo in Mountain View, California, and it is quite interesting. I wish I could share. It's it's really fascinating. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I'm I'm happy and very intrigued to be here while you're finishing up episodes. And thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really just thrilled that uh, we're getting everything
1: cleared and then we're off to shoot season four, which is crazy. We are, but also part of this fall. It's official now. Go to everydaydriver.com. Go to the Adventures tab. All of the info is now up for our Utah meetup. That is the first weekend of October this year. That is the 5th through the 7th. You will see all the details. We're we're being crazy. It's not just some cool meals and some track time and a road tour. There's also the possibility of mountain biking. We're going to try to fit it all in. We've <laughs> talked about not, it related right? to Park City. We're going to try to do it all. So you can go to the Adventure tab and you can look there. Uh, we sh- we've we tried to answer all the questions with an FAQ and a lot, a lot of links to get you various places. Again, this is an all-a-cart trip, so whatever you'd like to do, you certainly can. You'll see the registration stuff. The registration is mainly just so we can keep track of who's coming to what. So yeah, all right. of that is in there. It is available now. We're very excited to hang out with a lot of you and just, and just show you this area and just hang out in this area. We've had uh, a few more people come through town this summer, just coming through Park City and wanting to say hello, and we love that as well. Yeah, but pretty we're cool. We're excited to just host a group, show you cool. Over, uh, roads show you our great local track and we might even mountain bike look at that
0: and we promise not to beat on you because we know we're at altitude and we're you know we're acclimated of course and we'll have been mountain biking true. all summer long true we realize that so it's less of a hey we're gonna come beat on you and more just hey let's get out show you the forest you kind of understand where we're coming from and just share in one of our loves too which is gonna be a lot of fun well,
1: Yes, but I should also give a caveat, and this is mentioned on the site. If you don't mountain bike, don't come on the mountain bike ride. (laughs) If you're a person that you're like, I'd like to try mountain biking, not the ride for you. Uh, But but if you are a person that does mountain bike but haven't mountain biked here, come on, let's do this. We'd have to put some sort of like base level because, you know. Yeah, if you never mountain bike, this will not be a good day. <laughs> exactly. We want you to have a good weekend because the
0: mountain biking will Agreed. probably precede the the weekend's events. Yes. We don't want to like you know be, be in your hotel room like uh, he's turning purple. Why? Why are you turning I purple? Ha- I
1: hate those guys. I hate exactly. them.
0: <laughs> why did I do this? Why did I come? No, we don't want so that. F-
1: for- for topic Tuesday, we have one that I'm I'm struggling with a bit. I've got a few, but I'm okay. very excited to hear what you've got on it, Paul. The topic Tuesday is uh, it came to you from, uh, you know nothing flow on Instagram. Wrote in and said top five cars that are great to drive but terrible to own. I thought of three I really like. I, they're still kind of thinking of others. I also have a really good car debate coming up from Dr. Al, and after that, of course, many, many, many. Did I say many? Yes, many <laughs> questions <laughs> many. coming up as well from you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I actually kind of blew out the topic. I
0: have 12 cars on the list?
1: Good. You're balancing me because I was worried. I just didn't have... I didn't feel confident about a lot of my choices, and so I have three I really like, but you have 12. That balances the world well. I like it. Twelve?
0: Well, I kept thinking of stuff. I was like, oh, well, that's going on the list because of various reasons, but I'm so glad you guys are responding to the Topic Tuesday thing because we've started to integrate it, as you can tell, a little bit more. We're hoping to get to it as a weekly thing, and if if you guys have good topics that you think would be not the barroom brawl kind of thing not the not the bench clearing subject but more along the lines of (laughs) this could change my opinion could change on this in a week or an hour or whatever it's just good healthy discussion about whatever so that's why i like this hey great to drive but terrible to own and keep in mind terrible to own i have gas mileage as the terrible to own part so this can oh, mean a okay. lot of things, all right. all right? I don't mean just, wow, you know, it's always broken down, even though that's most of the cars on my list, but
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought about cars reasons. you really, really don't want anything to ever go wrong, and yet you know it will. <laughs> exactly. That, that's really, that right. was kind of well, my category, yeah.
0: And and this is based on my own experience, either having, you know, know, know these cars because of friends who had them, or, you know, just be in close proximity and see the you know, like I said, see the generation the of the car. The, <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm sure glad you own that, not me, kind of thing. But sure. I, I just kept writing and I thought, ooh, that's kind of interesting. So I, I'm actually wanting to get your take on some of these things on here because okay. I, please, I think, please, you'll,
1: please,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. So I'm diving right in and I'm okay. starting with a friend, Zach. You know Zach, uh, he's a friend of yeah. mine in California. He had a 1991 yeah, yeah. Alfa Romeo Spider. So this is the series four from 1990 to 1993.
1: The it, Spider is one of the three on my list. Is it really? Absolutely. <laughs> As a, just I mean because yeah, it's, it's an these. icon. It it's is. an icon of the brand. It's a it's a car that that on paper does everything right. Plus it has Italian flair. It is a rear wheel drive roadster. It's a convertible. Oh look at how yeah. nice it looks in the Alfa yeah. Romeo. All of these things are great when it runs. Absolutely.
0: And his never ran he always had some sort of hey did you bring the alpha over no I, it needs insert mechanical <laughs> issue here or the Certainly. top was ripped and the top didn't work and the it's now raining out and on and on and on I was just like buddy you own this car you're dumping money into it you never drive it and then yeah. but the, the other problem with these are by the time you get around to fixing all the stuff and sprucing it up and now it is running and looks great and runs right then you sell it. I'm going, why, yeah. why Why didn't you do all this stuff so you could enjoy it and drive it? Anyway, it's
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: beating my head against the wall. So that is topping my list. <laughs> but interestingly, as, a, as an asterisk, the Alfa Romeo Julia Quadrifoglio. This is okay. such a brand new car. It remains to be seen. But on one hand, it's an Alfa. On the other hand, it's a brand new platform untried, mm-hmm. untested, but it's untried and untested, if you know what I mean.
1: Sure, sure,
0: sure. So yeah. I just had that as a, okay, I'm, I'm starring that off to the side. But then continuing well, with my list, well, yeah, go also, ahead. Also, on, on, the,
1: on the portfolio, I, I see where you're going on the Julia portfolio, and I've thought about that because our experience has not been the experience of others. Our experience with that car has been brilliant. It's been it awesome. It just ran. Yeah. We had no problems. We beat on it, and it continued to start and run and work and never it even was, coughed it was that normal. there was an issue.
0: In a word, it was exactly. normal.
1: That, that, that's the greatest way to put it. But yet we've heard of other people that had press cars, obviously a different one than we had, yeah. that had constant yeah. problems. We've also driven a base version, and it was great. No issues at all. It was just it just ran and was perfect. It ran like you would expect a car to run. So the question is, what's the truth? Uh-huh, you know what I mean? Right. And 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 they've got to be out there long enough for people to know. And I, that's why I, I think your asterisk is deserved there because clearly there was a car in the press fleet. Well, I mean, we even told the joke <laughs> at the time we got the press car. There were three quadrifolios. Julia quadrifolios <laughs> yeah, in the press fleet. Three yeah, of them. So
0: painful to hear again.
1: <laughs> One of them. Had been, I think, the week before or two weeks before, had been wrecked by a journalist, and I think that was the one that went on that was super problematic for others. Oof. There was the one we had, which was flawless, and there was one, and the only description we heard was, they can't get it started and none of the techs know why, which is not the answer you want. <laughs> Especially. I mean, that's embarrassing because people are asking for the car, and
0: this was, what, a year and a half ago when everyone's asking for it because it's the hot new item, people want to yeah, review it, yeah. and the answer is...
1: Yeah, it
0: won't start. So you well, But it's not just it, it really won't start. None it. of the
1: techs know why. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: Wow. So that's off to the side, but uh, you know, we have a lot of love for Alpha. We do. It's just And that's a
1: great car too, yeah.
0: It's a spectacular car. All right, so continuing on for the early years of the Dodge Viper How about a 94 Dodge Viper? I'm sure it's Mm. great to drive and awesome for somebody else to own. Now, if you have a Viper and you have a bone to pick with me, please write to me and tell me why it is great to own. But I just think, huh, the top was fussy would be a a nice word to describe. You're being generous. You're being generous. A nice descriptor for that. And it's just it was a truck wearing a car even though i know ralph giles just recently described the generation of the engine and and how it isn't really a ram truck engine but still it's kind of like you know an engine wearing a car like a cape yeah it's barely there it's just all engine you straddle the engine and and everything else is kind of like "Eh, the build quality is kind of like okay it it actually closed this time the door closed hey look at that you know that kind of (laughs) thing great for other people to own Okay. And speaking of which, I don't want to preempt the video coming out, but any Ferrari that has to have the engine taking out of it to maintain it, that that's on my list of, wow, that must be great to drive and terrible to own. You have to do well,
1: what to maintain the car? The yeah. engine has to? What? What are you talking yeah. about? No car well, you, does you, that. That's one of the other three on my, on my short list uh, is, is the Ferrari 355. We've got a fast blast of that coming in the next week or so. We loved driving that car. It was brilliant it was to drive. Awesome. It was awesome. very fun awesome. to be in and around. Yeah. I love the look of it. But it is an engine-out maintenance car, <laughs> and that's just – that nightmare doesn't even cover that. I'm sorry. But when, when the maintenance – here's the thing. When the maintenance – your your normal maintenance on your car is the price of another car, right. this right. is not okay. It's just not okay. You mean I could buy
0: a used GTI for that just to have the engine taken out? Sometimes or... a new GTI. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, Sheesh. Okay, so moving on from there, I would say any original E-Type that still operates with the Lucas Electric or doesn't operate with the Lucas Electrics.
1: <laughs> yeah, more doesn't operate than does, yeah.
0: <laughs> or how about like an early 90s XJS or something like that, or, or XKR, XK, anything like Lucas that.
1: Lucas Electrics, get home before dark. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there's a car that sticks out of my mind that a neighbor across the street had when I was growing up and it was a Triumph TR7. Hmm. British Leyland was the factory and these were yeah. built when were they built? 75 to 81. I think his was the <laughs> later year like we theoretically have sorted the problems out of this car and it barely ran. And when it did, he did take me for the for a ride and it just made this huge impression on me because the pop-up headlights this doorstop wedge shape sure it was light and nimble despite having 100 horsepower or whatever it was very anemic but still it was this little cool nimble sports car and my my cool neighbor well he was actually a guy that lived at home with his parents and had this car that didn't run but anyway he seemed cool to to you yeah (laughs) at the time he seemed really cool (laughs) and he was yeah in a band and all this stuff and it was like oh man take me for a run. he's like yeah yeah i'll have to get it running first it still needs a bunch of stuff and i oh man Okay, what does what does that mean? It's a car. Shouldn't it just work? It's a car. Mm-hmm. You know, my eight year old brain or ten year old brain yeah, exactly. is sort of like it, you just turn it on, right? It's a car. I don't get it yeah. anyway.
1: But when you're eight, it's also I'm going to grow up and I'm going to live with my parents and be in a band and have an awesome car. <laughs> and then you grow up and you realize that's not that's not anything to aspire to. That's all bad.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's all bad. Okay, so any DeLoreans on my list? You know, despite the lack of power, probably awesome to drive just by the looks. It might sure, drive terribly, there. but great to drive because of the experience, because you're, you know, driving a DeLorean. Mm. I mean, okay, endless Back to the Future jokes. I mean, do you get tired of those after a time? And then finally, like, hey, let's just... Matt Farah got
1: car. so tired of them, he sold the car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. So, again, despite the lack of power, it's probably cool to drive and all that stuff. Terrible to own. That brought me to the 1989 Lancia Delta Integrale, sort of, hey, cool car when it runs. Who who works on your Lancia in the U.S.? (laughs) Who works on your Lancia? There's a
1: shirt right there. It's just,
0: yeah. I put the M3, the E90 and E92 M3 on my list. Huh, okay. And I alluded to this earlier, and it's because of fuel mileage. The cars are awesome. I would love to own one, but that is one heck of a thirsty V8 because – You're not just puttering around in this car. You have an E ninety M three. Your foot's in it to the floor everywhere you go because E ninety M three. You know what I mean? I just remember throwing gas. I couldn't spray gas at that car fast enough. It would just absorb the pump around.
1: Yeah, I take your point.
0: Yeah, I think it absorbed oil up through the asphalt into the it just sucked everything out. Anyway.
1: (laughs) The third one I had on my list, maybe on your list as well. And I think it it it's a it's a poster child for problems with this brand, um, in perception and everything, and that's the Maserati Quattroporte. That was on my list. That's the last one here. The first generation. It's, it's got, <laughs> yeah. It, well, but here's the thing. It's got a fantastic sound to it. The sound makes you go, "What is that?" I mean, it's three blocks away, and you're like, "What is that that's coming?" It's that a four door
0: Ferrari. When they,
1: exactly. When they first came out, it was the four-door Ferrari. Oh, my gosh. The reason these are so cheap now, if you look to buy a used <laughs> one, please don't do that. You're probably better off buying a used Phaeton. The, the reason they're so cheap now is because all I ever heard about them was horror stories of maintenance oh, and gosh. horror stories of build quality. And they're nice to sit in, too. They, they're, they're decent looking. They sound great. Right? They're nice to sit in. And you think, where's the problem? The problems are everywhere. The problems are immense. And this is why they are so unbelievably <laughs> cheap now used. I, I think that just is practically ruling the list. Hey, what a great car for me not to own. Awesome.
0: And two more on my list here. I don't okay. mean to, this is not a shot, but how Uh-oh. about early Lotus Esprit's? Are those really sure. in the reliable? Or no. are they kind of a money pit? Great to drive. Ooh, it needs something else. Ooh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah those and, and where do you get the something else and all yeah. that? I, I totally get it. We're hoping to put a fast blast of one of those on camera in the near future, and that's, uh, that's a car I've always wanted to have. The, we're talking about, the think about the early James Bond film Lotus Esprit. Yeah. That's on worst, our list. So we're so trying to get turbines. that on camera here soon. And that's just, I'm very excited to drive it, but I agree with you. It feels like one of those cars where you're praying that nothing goes wrong. Because of, if yeah. it does, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> wow. <Well. laughs> Continue praying. I don't
0: know. You've. Uh, I. I keep coming back to the fact the discussion around this car is four cylinder turbo, and then everybody's kind of going, "Well, you built a supercar. You built something hot. Why would you put a little tiny turbocharged engine?" And mm, now it's come full circle, and we're back to, "Wow, little tiny displacement engines, giant turbos. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. where the power is at." It's come full circle as a as a car as a recipe. Interesting and point. They are ripe for doing that again. They don't have to go V eight. Yeah, you don't have to go yeah, V six. Yeah. How about some two liter, two and a half liter, four cylinder, hot turbocharged esprit?
1: That well, would be yeah, amazing. Well, yeah, but if it's light enough, certainly. I mean, look at the little tiny engine in in my Elise. You know, that's not yeah, turbocharged, right? but a supercharger on it, and it's a rocket ship. I mean, yeah, I totally hear you. Last on my list here are RX sevens making this list just because of not because
0: of reliability they're awesome to drive we love rx7s and rx8s but are those rotary engine cars on the list just because of the giant mystery at the end of your mileage tunnel it could keep running (laughs) forever it
1: could just be a money pit i and And it's a fuel mileage issue too yes but it's it's a high maintenance engine and i don't mean high maintenance in that it's just going to break i mean did you check your oil (laughs) <laughs> When's the last time you checked your oil? Are you sure you checked your oil? Oh, look, it's still burning oil. Oh, look, I need another quart. I mean, this is just the reality of these engines. I, I need to drive it. I need to make sure that I actually wind it all the way out. I need to make sure I drive it enough. I, it doesn't like short trips. I mean, yeah, right. they're incredible engines to drive. They're, th- that is a great one to put on the list because they really are incredibly fun to drive. But they're just – they're high maintenance. I was just thinking of that 2011 RX-8 that we drove, and I'm going, wow, this is – Brilliant. Well, R3 was really fun. It was great.
0: Such a question mark in my mind, and it could be amazing for years with zero yeah. issues. And then there's others that owners can't get rid of them fast enough. And I think, okay, well, that's a bummer because the chassis is so great. And I love how low and centered and how small that engine is. I yeah. love the concept yeah, yeah. of rotaries. I wish, well, we'll see. Mazda might bring something back in hybrid form or something. We'll see. But I, I don't feel like it's quite dead to the industry yet, but... Yeah, just the recipe was just such a question mark in my mind. So
1: well, and it it remains Mazda's kind of pet project. There's just. Mazda keeps tinkering with it because they think it's cool, and it is cool. Oh, yeah, but do do you want the company's side project as your primary <laughs> car? I don't know. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, they won Le Mans 1991. They won Le Mans,
1: Get it? They did. They did. Yes, I'm not debating that. But I'm just <laughs> still. It's still their pet it's project,
0: the whether they won Lamar or not. <laughs> Garage project out back. We're actually still tinkering with it, despite you know making a lot of power. We're still working the kinks out. Yeah not, they are. yeah, not what you want. That's my list. I I thought I could keep going, and I thought, well, we'll, we'll end it there. But if you've <laughs> got a bone list, to pick, well especially the Viper, and you're about to you know, send hate mail. You're, and just,
1: you're just expecting Viper mail. That's interesting. I'm expecting okay. Viper right. mail. Right. I am.
0: Okay. We have yet to drive all the generations of the Viper, by the way. We need to put those three cars on camera together.
1: Would be cool. Would be cool for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, yeah, guys, thank you. You know, nothing flow. Thank you for the question. And like I said, if you've got something that is just you know the ongoing, because this list could be very healthily debated, up one side, down the other. You know what I mean? But uh, if you've got a topic Tuesday that you want us to cover, I'm I'm open. You know, I'm yeah, I'm open completely. to suggestions. So we've got a list of stuff going here that we're curating. But otherwise, let us know what you think. And if you've got your own debate, which will we will get to after the break here. Please write to us, TV at gmail.com or on the website. And I keep saying under the About tab on the website. If you go there, you'll see Contact right there. And a lot of people do that. Yep. Just contact yeah, us
1: right there with your story. And uh, a little bit of punctuation would be awesome. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> Ideally, paragraphs. Are, we love paragraphs. That's a weird sentence I can't believe I say as often as I do. But we love paragraphs. <laughs> They're great. Awesome, guys. Well, we will cover that
0: debate, uh, Dr. Al's question, when we come back. And suddenly we're talking about underwear. Yes, underwear. We never talk about underwear, but everybody needs it. And new underwear is way better than old. They've got
1: to be comfortable, so you should get MeUndies. If you think about the fact we have subscriptions for everything, you can buy your underwear online. You can get an underwear subscription. I know you might think this is a little bit out there, but here's the thing. If you go to MeUndies right now, there is a no-risk trial offer. Think of it this way. The right underwear is as important as the right car that we
0: choose for you on our debate. So you've got to have good, comfortable underwear that stays
1: put. Because you're listening to this show, you can get 15% off your first pair and free shipping. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash driver. I don't need to hear about it, but you can go get underwear there. The first 25 folks to send a proof of purchase, which is a screenshot of your
0: purchase or the receipt... You will get another pair free. If you send that proof of purchase to gift at podcast one with driver in the subject line, you will soon have another pair in your
1: collection. They've also got hoodies. They've got really cool pants you can hang out in. Men, women, it can be shipped right to you. Go to MeUndies.com slash driver. Yes, MeUndies. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. You can find a lot of weird and surprising things in cars. I mean, some people have, I don't know, petrified french fries or melted crayons. But one thing that shouldn't surprise you are Continental belts. I'll bet you didn't know. They're original
0: equipment in tens of millions of FCA, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line.
1: They're also original equipment on the majority of BMWs and Volkswagens. Now Continental is launching an aftermarket line of the Multi V-Belt. It's their original equipment technology series.
0: And Continental has an OE Technology Series Multi V-Belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks already.
1: A belt shouldn't be one of them. So go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi V-Belt. It's the belt with original equipment pedigree. You can get the full story by visiting
2: oetechnologyseries.com. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos.
1: A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored
2: plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
1: We're back with a car debate on this Tuesday's podcast. Uh, we have it for Dr. Al, who's currently in Seattle, Washington. He moved there from Manhattan, which obviously is a major switch in how you use your car. And as a result, he's now commuting 80 miles a day which he did not do in Manhattan, if you're following along with the story. His other concern, (laughs) of course, is the fact that not only is he commuting 80 miles a day, but he pretty much every weekend is doing about a 150-mile drive from Seattle to Vancouver. So this car is just getting road miles. He has a 2010 GTI with a DSG that he's had for a long time. He's a new doctor. He's got some money. He's looking for a new car. This is where we start, but Pacific Northwest weather is a big issue here.
0: By the way, Dr. Al, you probably know my family lives up in the Pacific Northwest area, up in uh, Tacoma area, and every time I go, I try to get up to the shop, so just Google theshopclubs.com, and you'll find the address. It's really fantastic. You've got to go there if you're – yeah, it's a restaurant. It's great. It's an Ethan Stoll restaurant. The food's excellent. There's cars, and
1: it's a meetup spot. Anyway, I could go on, but you've got to go there. You you do go on, for, and actually, I, you go on enough that I'm sad I haven't been there yet. So we have to solve we, that. For yeah, sure. we do need to solve that.
0: All right, so this commute is wow. This is wrenching,
1: but all right. I'm glad you're
0: you're doing this, and I'm uh, I'm really intrigued by these kind of parameters that you've given us with your current car, and then you do allude to. The things that your friends drive, the kinds of cars that your Mm -hmm. friends drive, and not—you said—not that I'm keeping up with the Joneses, not—that's not really on my mind.
1: But he's in the doctor parking parking lot. But he
0: is in the doctor parking, and he's a new doc, and you know, it's part of the email. I was thinking, all right, have we covered cars for doctors? Have we done that?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I know we've done dentists, we've done realtors, (laughs) realtors, uh, yeah. yeah. What else? Uh, A few others, but I don't know that we've actually covered doctors. And I thought, all right, we can't just say nine-elevens we can't just do that and i did not choose anything porsche as a matter of fact wow look at you i'm stuck on one car for you
1: i I, are you i've got three i've got okay i'm glad i'm
0: okay i like it i kept coming back to this and it all starts with your story about the current car that is your 2010 gti it's the dual clutch so dsg that he brought from new york city likes the fuel economy likes the nimbleness. But he said, it fails to meet my winter needs and my desire for a cool car. And before you say, well, winter doesn't happen in Seattle, it actually does. It can really snow really heavily. And then especially if you're going up the canyons, if you're going up skiing or just going to, say, eastbound or even north, it it definitely can get bad.
1: It's that drive from Seattle to Vancouver in all weather year round. That's where he's really thinking about this car has got to be weather versatile. Yeah, right, uh, and and you know, and I I am the weirdo that would keep driving the rear wheel drive with the snow tires, but I am not normal. We've discovered this in three hundred plus podcasts, so uh, you know I, I I can understand your desire to have something fun that is still going to have all wheel drive. I'm still going to say to you, Alan, you hear it coming already. You hear it coming. I don't care if you wind up with something all-wheel drive. Please get yourself winter tires to tackle what you're doing.
0: That is the key, and you'll have both seasons. And speaking of that, you've kind of toyed with the idea about maybe just one car, or should I get you know, less of the put all my money in that car and maybe just an S2000 or an MX5, something like that. Yeah. Manual yeah. transmission, fun rear-wheel drive sports car for the summer, and that's in contrast to the practical daily car. I like how you're thinking here. I'm curious as to where you went.
1: Well, I, I like I like the idea, Al. I mean, plenty of times we've said get an extra car, get a fun car. but honestly, Get an man, extra car the, with your extra money. Right. Seriously. But but here's the thing. Honestly, it, it, in the description you're giving of your life and the way you use your car, I have to honestly ask the question. If you wind up with a $10,000, $15,000 fun convertible car, when are you driving that because what what I hear from you is that this 80-mile round-trip commute, you want a comfortable commute car, which is probably not going to be your inexpensive convertible. And on the True. weekends, you're doing a commute 150 miles to get to Vancouver to see family. So you're probably not going to take that car again then. So unless you – and you don't mention that you do – unless you go out and just seek out fun-to-drive time – I feel like you'd be buying an extra car that's not going to get the use that you would enjoy it for. So I stay with one car for you, which I don't normally do. Normally, anybody says, I'm thinking two cars. I go, let's get at least two. But in <laughs> oh, this case, I in this case, I'm just staying one car for you, man. I want to find a car that you love driving that does all of this heavy mileage you want to do and is still a fun place to be.
0: Okay. That's that's excellent. I like that. All right. So the budget we're working with is 60000 which is a lease. Okay. So if it's a yeah. brand new car- yeah. 60000 is the capper for leasing. But if he's buying certified Paul-owned, I mean pre-owned, then he's yes. capping it at forty k. And he said, I'm even open to a diesel for the torque and the mileage, which I get. But he's not sure about the resale value down the road, if that's – if I, he should I consider that. I don't that. think
1: I, – I mean, look, the diesel would be great for mileage. But, but here's the thing. You're already complaining a little bit that your 2010 uh, GTI DSG is not quite fun enough or interesting enough. Anything we get you into diesel isn't going to be any better. In those no,
0: areas. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think so either. It will solve the mileage issue, and that will be the only thing you love, and you'll have to keep reminding yourself what great mileage you're getting
1: to <laughs> overcome not, any not right.
0: lack of fun. That's you know? not right. Yeah, or power, and that's what I want. I I liked your list of. Here's what my friends drive. He said my buddies drive cars like a Cayman S, a Macan S, 911 GTS is on the list. Range Rover SVR and an AMG GT. I'd like Oof. your friends. I want to hang out with your friends. Yeah, No
1: kidding. Holy cow. I want to drive their cars. We, we're coming with more and more reasons to just randomly go to Seattle. Yeah. It's, it's great. Anyway. <laughs> Seriously.
0: Yeah. Seriously. All right. So like I said, I, uh, I thought about this, Dr. Al, I have thought about this for a full day Wow. And okay. I, I couldn't decide. I thought, ah, no, I don't want to just be a cliche because again, we're dealing with the doctor car. So yeah, what is, yeah, yeah. you know, enthusiast for him, but it doesn't scream, you know, hey, new money or anything like that. But it's also still a really good enthusiast car and small and nimble and fun. And I've landed okay. on a car. It struck me today. Middle of the afternoon. It just struck me. Really? Okay. All right. Are All right.
1: you ready, Dr. Al? I have three and a wild card. Oh, you do? I'm very well, curious good. to hear where you went.
0: I. You can tell. I'm. I'm itching to tell you. Please, no,
1: please, Girl, go for
0: it. All right, here we go. It's the 2018 Audi RS3. RS3, my hmm. friend. Hmm, Brand okay. new. So they start at 54, but I yeah. optioned mine up to 58. It was just under 60. And <laughs> I, I, I've i been intrigued by this car, and so is the press. You've got to, okay, specs aren't everything, but come on. Two and a half liter, five cylinder, turbocharged, 400 horsepower. 400 in a little tiny A3 is what it is. The RS3 intrigues the daylights out of me. It's all-wheel drive. It really ties into your Volkswagen sort of roots there because it's also a dual clutch. It's the updated interior. It's a nice place to be. It's the hottest of the hot non-hatches. I think your friends would... I think you'd scare all your friends as far as, you know, keeping up with them, if you know what I mean. (laughs) They'd they'd wonder, what is this car that you got? Holy cow. Where did that come from? I think it flies under the radar like crazy. It's not an in-your-face, ostentatious. It just looks like car, but yet 400 horsepower in this little thing. Are you kidding me? I am all okay. about. I'm all about the RS3 for you. I keep reading specs about it. I've been reading my own reviews. I'm not my reviews, but I'm you know doing my <laughs> own research. In other words, I'm sure sure reading yeah. reviews of this thing for the the people who have driven it already. And I'm just I'm landing on the RS3 for you. It seems brilliant. It seems like you've got time in your life to go own the 911s and the GTS and the, all that stuff and whatever those future versions of those cars will be. But where you are right now, I think it'd be excellent. It's comfortable. And that's what I'm reading. It's still hot, but the seats are still comfortable. It's still got a level of, you know what? This car is road trip worthy. It's not just, wow, you know, some performance, but it beats you up. It's not like that. It's a good mix of in-between and the front tires. Really, they they are actually slightly wider than the rears. Audi is focused (laughs) on handling with this car. Go read about that. Insane. Okay, I... Blathered on enough. RS three. That's for mine. Well done.
1: I like it. I like it. Okay. I have three. I, I feel like they they start obvious and they go less obvious. Then I have a wild card that's almost obvious, except it. You'll you'll see why I put it in a wild card t- category. I have to start off with the obvious place. Look, you want to. Sp- well, actually, you know what? Before I go there, Al, I want to make one quick comment, and that is, you're talking about you've got a budget of up to sixty grand, but only if you lease. That gives you a lot of car options, and I, I'm still staying within the rules there. But I, I do want to say this to you: I don't know that you can, because mm. I think your lease is going to get blown away by the amount of miles you're putting on your car. Oh, I, yeah, that's a I, great point. No, I think just you, buy you new, may you have to just buy at sixty grand and deal, because I I think. My, my concern is if you lease something, the amount of miles you're going to put on the car, you're probably going to end up spending more in penalties on the back end for having done more mileage that would offset the fact that you should have just bought it in the first that's place. That's a great point. So no, I didn't think of I, that. That's excellent. I, I really wonder, genuinely wonder about you in leasing. I wonder if that's the wrong call here just because of miles. But mm-hmm. that's something you have to figure out on the financial side. So I just I try to stay in a world where, okay, what what is genuinely available for around sixty grand lease or buy, and uh, you you absolutely could. It's the doctor cliche. You absolutely could get a 911. You could get yourself a, uh, a 997, which is the last gen up to about 2012, the 997 4S. Excellent. You would love oh, that yeah. car oh, you Anytime would, yeah. you're commuting. You'd like it in any kind of weather. Yes, it's a little bit of a foregone conclusion. I'm a young doctor, and I bought myself a 911. Yes, that's there, but it is a great car. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you, you that's the dichotomy it's about it.
0: It's, it's, yeah. it's
1: such a perception, but it's a great car, and it is truly useful. For every person that buys a Porsche because they wanted a Porsche, there's also somebody that bought a Porsche because they're really an enthusiast. So right, that's right. this is the only problem with that car is that it's brilliant enough that people just buy it for the bad, but it's also just a great car. So I have to put that out there. You currently have a GTI for 40 grand or so you can get yourself the gentleman's hot hatch the Mercedes GLA AMG Mmm, excellent this is not a CUV, my friend in spite of how they are trying to sell it this is the gentleman's hot hatch now new they're 65 or so don't do that just buy a used one for around 40
0: oh you can it find is, them barely used for that
1: it, it, yeah it is all wheel drive faster than your uh, GTI uh you know it's got a great dual clutch gearbox this is a riot of a car to drive. It has great seats, nice interior. You can drive this car normally and you can also inexplicably hoon. So it's just <laughs> it's a, a car teacher. that it, yeah, there you go. It's it's a car that is I I just stand by it. If you want to step up from the world of the hot hatch, that's the car for you to be in. Mm. So that one's on there. Uh, my favorite for you that I don't know that I've recommended before, but I so like it for you because it it does everything you want. We've got all wheel drive world. We've got nice place to be on commute. We've got enthusiast chops. It's all of these things. It's not an obvious car, but I think it would be good for you. Audi T T R S. I'm interested that we've both gone to Audis for
0: this. This is yes, fascinating. But a
1: TTRS. Come on, Those five cylinder. They're they're just great. Sixty grand in your pocket, you can go get one. Okay, heck yeah, and and that's going to be it's. You aren't the guy with another nine eleven. As much as they're great, is there another TTRS in your parking lot? Probably not. True. Okay. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. And and if if you said to me you were going to be tracking it every weekend, I wouldn't go TTRS. But the way you're going to drive it, that car's going to be brilliant. You're going to love it. Interesting. That is kind of my not you didn't necessarily see it coming but it is kind of my favorite and then in a maybe it's obvious but i wanted to put a wild card my only non-all-wheel drive on this list is wild card of the bmw m2 that's up there that's because gotta be on the list you're right on one level you could say i'm a young doctor and i bought a bmw but i think the m2 in its current styling is one of those cars that enthusiasts know it's hot and everybody else just sees a BMW. It, it, it's just car almost. And then you
0: look closer yeah. and then it's a BMW. But then you have to look for those wide mm-hmm. fender flares. And then, yeah, you're right. Enthusiasts know that. But then, you know, most people think, huh, eh, whatever, car.
1: And if it's your commute car, you know, get it in the DCT. Obviously, we would prefer you got it in the manual. But I understand how you're using it. So get it in the DCT and just enjoy it. And Enjoy mm. the fact that it's a it, it's a normal BMW to a lot of the world, and by the way, have you noticed this car is hot? So yeah, you have both yeah. those options. Now, of course, it's rear wheel drive. You're going to be fully reliant on winter tires there. Maybe you wouldn't consider because it's rear wheel drive, but you could get a used one for ugh, fifty. Okay, yeah, and a great one. Yeah, so and, and for take sure. and take a serious look at that car. I put it in wild card only because it is full rear wheel drive, but. You would just love that. And it would be yeah. practical and easy to commute in. And then, by the way, it's fun. So those are my four. Hopefully something <laughs> in there. I would love to see you in a TTRS or possibly an M2, but any of those would work. And honestly, there's a part of me that wants you to explain your Mercedes GLA AMG to your doctor friends. Who are I, like, what is that? Why would yeah, you get that? And then you, you blow their minds. For, yeah. I kind of like that.
0: Exactly. Take them for a ride, and then you know they drive it and think – where did this come from the used yeah, yeah, ones yeah. out there yeah they're expensive brand new but they continue to make them which means more goodness more used cars more used glas are coming our way and it's it's the equivalent of moving from hey i'm going from a hot hatch whether it's the focus st or rs and you moved on up to the gentleman's hot hatch that's what it is yeah,
1: big time big time
0: there's so much fun to drive and just They've got their own personality, for sure. They've just got their own way of doing things and their own ride. And I'm ready for Mercedes product in the U.S., like the A-Class to come over. Mm. I am really ready
1: for that car. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we should go on to an absolute pile of social media questions. Al, I hope something there was helpful. Thank you for writing in. And as Paul always says, everydaydriver.tv at Gmail is the place to send your own car debate or through the contact form on the website. I give this public service announcement every now and then. I'm going to do it again. If you write an email for any reason to everydaydriver at Gmail, we did not get that email. (laughs) <laughs> right. So everydaydriver.tv right. at Gmail is the email address. We, we, we welcome all the emails. We read them all. We want to know what you're thinking. So if you have something you want to share, we'd love to hear it. Thank you for uh, listing so many great questions on all the social media places. We always ask for those the day we're recording. I'm going to start off with Andy Chan on Facebook. Oh, good. He asks a question that I ponder a lot. How much of an efficiency gain are we really getting out of these electric power steering systems because is it a good enough offset for what we've lost which is organic steering feel mm. and andy i'm going to say to you that it's not worth the trade off i mean manufacturers are getting like a mile per gallon or two out of this change app. now if you're trying to meet a, a miles per gallon standard that mile per gallon or two gain might put you right over the top but when i look at it from an ownership perspective you gained me an mpg one one and i lost (laughs) steering feel
0: my counterpoint there is about production and it's all about manufacturing these days and yeah yes we can argue and we've said this before how the electric steering is leaving us cold in some cars other cars keep in mind the honda s2000 kind of pioneered this route and
1: everything and it's getting better and everybody does it differently and some better than others I mean it's decent in the 86 platform I'll give it that for sure yeah I I'm just
0: saying so it's it's not without its faults but it's not the evil bugaboo that everybody thinks oh it's got electric power steering it must suck not the case you've got to drive it and it depends on the car but I think it's for manufacturing purposes some miles per gallon, but honestly, I, I think it's just the ease of manufacturing in a lot of cases and just more modernized factories. That's that's my own opinion.
1: Well, I will say the only thing I actually like about an Andy, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I can't explain to you why, but almost every car I've owned in my adult life has had a power steering pump leak. The only reason I like electric power steering is that's not leaking on my driveway anymore. Otherwise... Uh, You can get away with it. I I don't want it. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Okay. There was a
0: design question that I couldn't resist down here from Jordan C on Facebook. Asked, what are some good beginner books or websites for learning about car design and styling? Mm. Mm. I'm going to start with a book called H-Point. It's the Fundamentals of Car Design and Packaging by Jeff Wardle and Stuart Macy. Not very expensive on Amazon, and it gives you an idea of how cars are packaged, because around that is then the styling and the function, and there's so much that goes into it. So look at H-Point, the book, and then there's a lot more. There's, of course, Otto and Design. That's one of my favorites. It's actually an Italian publication, but they publish all the sketches of cars from studios all over the world after the fact. (laughs) Only you would know that. That's awesome. I love it. There used to be car styling from Japan and those I still have old er, episodes uh, old magazines and those are rare and in demand and I wish that were still around but you will start to get immersed. There's car design news. You get a lot of Reese's on there. I will not continue because I could blather on forever about the car design part of it but yeah H. Point is your book to start Jordan. That's
1: great. I love that one. Uh, Let's see. We've got, um, not like the one from Friends writes in with, what in the car world, be it a car specifically or tech, are we thinking is a good idea today, but in five or ten years we're going to look back and think, that was a terrible idea? Oh. Hmm. I have one. Oh, you do? That I don't know if it's going to play out, and that's why I'm putting it on the list, because I I just don't know how it's going to play out. I'm going to go back for a second. You remember... 10, 15 years ago when you were seeing – if you ever saw any commercials about oil that you would buy to change your oil, one of the primary selling points was you need an oil that's good on startup because the hardest thing on your engine is starting.
2: Uh Remember those commercials? Uh Okay.
1: Now fast forward to now. Every car out there has start-stop technology. Which, just like the electric steering, is being done for a couple mile per gallon gain. But if you sit and stop and go traffic in any major city, pick your major city, your car is constantly shutting off and restarting over and over and over again. Why is this now no longer a problem? <laughs> Fifteen years ago, it was a big issue. We were, we were wearing out the car. Now it's not an issue. I I think these cars haven't been around long enough yet for us to know if this is actually causing a problem with longevity because I suspect it might.
0: It might, although the commercial was really around the cold start. I mean, if you're just doing the stop start, there's already a ton of oil already up in the engine. Yes. It's already well lubricated. The cold start where all the oil's in the pan and. I get that. I get that. You know, okay, that's where they're, they're looking at. But that stop start technology is hard on starters and it's hard on batteries. I'm just, uh-huh. that stuff's going to go faster, in my opinion, if that's what you like. I personally can't stand it, even though it is pretty instantaneous in a lot of cars. It's just, it's one more thing like, oh, yeah, right. It's just a a, a stutter, a hesitate, you know, I just, I'm not a fan. And it's I mean, for emissions and fuel savings yeah. and, okay. You
1: I mean, know. I'm not. I'm not sure what the solve is. I mean, there's a part of me that wonders if, you know, what the 918 has done in some of these other cars, if that's more the answer, where when you're doing the stop, start, stop, uh, stop, and go kind of stuff, you're actually being driven by an electric motor and then the gas motor is involved when you need it. And so it's not starting and stopping all the time. Maybe that's the... I feel like the start-stop technology is a stopgap. And I feel like Mm. over time, Mm. those cars are not going to be as reliable. I don't know that. There's no proof. I'm sure at some point I will be proven either right or wrong or crazier than we already thought I was. But I still... I I always ask the question. And of course, you and I, anytime we get in a car with that, it annoys us so much. We practically want to break the button off the dash. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, everybody's different. But I just don't like it.
0: I thought you were going to say curved TVs... Did you notice how fast those went out of stores? Nobody cared; they they just disappeared. It's like okay. Well,
1: the one I'm curious about is the roll-up TVs. You've seen those, right? Where they're making, <laughs> right. and I'm serious, where they're making LED panels that are that are bendable. And so the concept is you would have, you know, it would. I know it sounds like we were back to 1980, but the concept is <laughs> the screen would roll down or roll up when you need it, and otherwise it wouldn't be there. Yeah. So I see the concept that that could actually be usable, except for the fact that I will always think about being in elementary school. But, oh, look, it's movie day. Other than that, <laughs> uh, it is an interesting idea. It's a roll up screen in your car on the dash. I got to unroll it to see
0: what my That's car frightening. is. All right. That's frightening. OK, there's a debate over on Instagram from Kevin Bell seven asking us to help settle this. And I, I don't know if we Ooh. can because we have not Ooh. preempted this. It's a question yeah. about the ongoing traffic flow debate, and he says, when driving on a two-lane freeway, and the sign says, left lane, closed ahead, merge right, mm-hmm. does that mean get over right now as soon as possible? Or does that mean continue to fly past everybody on the left for as long as possible and then merge right at the very last second? <laughs> now, Kevin... This is,
1: this is a fight in words <laughs> conversation right is. here, yeah.
0: Now Kevin says it is a merge right right now do it immediately and some of his coworkers say no 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 that means pass everyone and then merge when you have to you know when the lane actually is closed and you're asking us to help solve this debate i, I don't know that yeah, we can all bad
1: all bad I, what do you think uh, well <laughs> maybe this is my non answer but here here is my actual answer there's a middle ground here Nothing is worse, honestly, nothing is worse than the guy who is actually sitting with one of his mirrors almost touching the barrels that are pushing him into the other lane.
0: Yeah, right.
1: He's gone all the way to the very end, and he has no choice but to force his bumper in front of your car. That guy's just a jerk, okay? Right, right. Because he saw the sign when everybody else did. But on the other end of the spectrum, when you see that sign, it's like a mile or two from when it happens, invariably. And... The mass exodus toward the right lane causes traffic. It causes people to slow down unnecessarily. And you wind up with folks who are trying desperately to merge as soon as they possibly can. And it just bottlenecks that right lane. If people Now, look, I, I will admit, I'm in a world that doesn't exist here. I'm in fantasy land where people, understand, people don't even understand how to merge onto a wide-open freeway. So the idea of merging when we're losing <laughs> merging a lane is, alone. Yeah. is way, way beyond the average person. I get it. whereas a culture not able to handle it. But But in a perfect world, that mile should allow everybody to have plenty of time to nicely merge. When I see that sign, I'll be honest, I don't get over immediately. I start looking for an opportunity between now and the mile when I have to. But I don't do it I must yeah. get over there right now because I feel like that almost always bogs down that lane earlier than necessary. And honestly, where I exit for my house on the weekends, that is a lane that merges over and it is an exit to a freeway or it's one of those double exits. 90% of the people on that exit lane are exiting to another freeway. But then there's 10% of us that are actually doing an offshoot that is to the neighborhood I live in.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Because
1: right. of that, I'll be honest, I am a jerk because I need 100 feet of that exit. I need 100 feet of it. Before you're out of
0: the
1: exactly. mix at that point. You're going to be on it for a mile. I am going to wait as long as I can because I need a tiny little stretch to
2: just get right there.
1: But in general, yeah. on this question, I'm somewhere in the middle of grounds. I haven't really answered, but I'm giving you all of my thoughts. All right,
0: Kevin. I'm not trying to pick sides. I'm really not. But my answer is let it happen. And here's why. <laughs> let it happen to, as to the point where you know, and not like the guy Todd's talking about at the very end where he's – you know, scraping the cones or scraping the We've wall, all whatever. We've seen
1: that guy. He's just a jerk. He's just a jerk.
0: But I'm saying to the natural point where everybody kind of sees that, all right, okay, we're alternating. Hey, you go, I go. You go, I go. And you mm-hmm, can kind of, mm-hmm. that natural point where it starts to happen in the V, in the bottleneck, because if you immediately get over, you're going to, A, bottleneck that and hold people up behind you, and then people are going to drive left around you on the shoulder and just keep going anyway so you haven't really solved anything by doing mm, that interesting if you just kind of keep going to that natural point and it just depends but you know we're all adults here theoretically people are figuring <laughs> it out Hopefully. we learn to share in kindergarten and so we're alternating and then you see okay this and that because otherwise you're you're creating extra traffic and again i'm not trying to pick sides i'm just trying to find that that natural point where the alternating has to happen. Otherwise, nobody's going anywhere. It's like everybody has to get off of the elevator before you can get on. You just, or off of the subway car, whatever. We're you are going to have to wait. Yeah. You know, I, I have to wait because I, you know, you physically can't go any farther. So. Sure. I'm, sure. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, if you get over right away, maybe. But the other benefit for doing that is if you keep going in that left lane, there's that accordion effect because people are backed up all the way here and then right you've noticed right up near where people start to split that's when people inexplicably start to accelerate again and there might be a gap that you can just boop, sneak mm-hmm. into without yeah. ticking anybody off the middle ground yep, yep. so that's kind of where in that according effect if it happens but i anyway it's it's very middly, hopefully <laughs> This is this is a bar fight. It really it is. It is. This, is this is one tiptoeing that here, are dancing sides, carefully. Sure. Yep, but yep, yep. again, I I think that would just yeah the the let it happen thinking is hopefully the easiest. Uh, all right, what else? Best selection of colors. What manufacturer has the best selection of colors? Have you thought about this question lately?
1: Uh, I have an answer that I think you're going to love, but you may be surprised to hear me say it. But I actually think it's Porsche. Do you? Because they can do bland. I don't like bland, but they can do bland. They can do silvers and blacks and grays and they can do all and that and chalk. all of those look very high end. Then they have those colors that are all their flat colors. Yeah. Like their chalk putty color which actually looks okay and I'm not a person like so but that actually looks okay. But if you think in that palette, they also have that kind of chalky baby blue which Seems like the weirdest color on the planet for a car, and yet somehow works.
0: Yeah, right. And
1: then you can get, like, that atomic green that came on the Cayenne. Yeah. You can get yellow. You can get blue. You can get bright red. You can get paint to sample. You can get crazy purple. I'm having trouble thinking of another car company that does the spectrum that well. I'd say McLaren is up there.
0: As far as I mean they do the custom program too yes, McLaren that's another good Special one, for Operations. Sure, for sure. Aston is kind of up there but definitely more on the sophisticated side but BMW has come out with some good colors that metallic uh, I'm gonna get it wrong with that mustard color from 01 from the e46 that was yeah. one of the first years uh, the they, orange they, on the 1m is great yeah they there was a green a striking green on the m4 at uh, BMW world in Munich yeah last yeah, year I see that. yeah Ah there there's some interesting stuff. I guess that's interesting though it's more towards the higher end car manufacturers though.
1: I, yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, you know, you got to think about volume sellers though. Yeah. Your, your bright yellow Camry doesn't sell. You know it no. just doesn't. And and so, but but the thing I don't like is when you get and and I'm I'm going to call out Aston. They've done some colors, but by and large they don't do colors. By and large, they want to do the grays and the blacks and the James Bond colors, and that's true. It's very
0: neutral, sophisticated, and and Mercedes.
1: Mercedes rarely does really cool colors. Sometimes, obviously, they did their their new GTS in that crazy or GTR in that crazy crazy green, and that was cool to see. But they're not a color company. And then you have a lot of times sports car companies. I'll, I'll call out Lotus everything's bright. It's like you, you, you kind of see a, a, a dull one and you kind of wonder why they even had that paint available. Porsche is trying to cover everybody and I think they do a pretty good job. I like her BMW though as well. Mm,
0: yeah, all right. What else did you see on here?
1: Um. Damn it, Patton asked about the Type R. You know, we just had last, week's epi- last weekend's episode was about the Civic Type R. He said, how annoying is not having a volume knob? <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that. I'll tell you. Really, 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 Really annoying, I mean luckily it does have it does have a thumb pad thing on the steering wheel, but I am not exaggerating when I say that every time I used the slider volume knob on the side of it, I had a fight with it every hmm. single sure. time sure. and that for for a car that was genuinely fun to drive that that's why I call that out in the piece because I couldn't believe, look, the steering wheel thing saved me. I get it. You may never use the touchscreen. Fine. By the way, the steering wheel thing is not a, a dial either. It is a, graduated little rocker panel thing, which is also kind of annoying, but at least that always worked. The touch screen, and I don't have cold hands or any of the weird things where touch screens don't like me. Typically, I'm fine with them, and yet I always fought with that one, so take mm. that as you will.
0: Yeah, excellent. There was some stuff over on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, David P. asked us, how do we feel about tires with directional tread? And I, I'm generally for it if it offers a performance improvement, but if it's just for the sake of a design and that does come into play just for, for that generally it doesn't, it's, it's usually a collaboration between creating interesting tread pattern and making some performance improvements. But usually it's from the inner shoulder all the way to the outside. Michelin's a great example of this. We love Michelin's. Mm -hmm. They're very different on the inner shoulder. So it's less about the direction, but more about the swap, you know, the inside versus the outside.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: there's there's a few tires like that. I'm generally fine with it because you know generally it's a performance improvement. And if they're telling you this is the way it goes, then all right, you know that that must that must mean something if you know what I mean. And uh, I'm I'm up with to that.
1: Okay, I I pretty much agree with you. Uh, Mark Butler on Twitter actually said something very interesting. I've tried it; it works. Uh, here's here's a fun game you can play at home. Uh, let's, let's just say, put your, your phone or whatever you're listening to the podcast on, put it on speaker right now and stand by your home Alexa or Echo, because I'm going to say, Alexa, play the Everyday Driver podcast. (laughs) If you say that, it works now. She finds it, which is really cool. So maybe I've just uh, automated your own home for you. That's frightening. So if you have one of those Amazon Echo style products and you want to get the podcast on that, we know a few people that have done it before. But uh, I know I had not had much success with it, but Mark said that he was pretty sure that worked for all of them now. I randomly tried it this evening in my kitchen. And look, I was listening to myself in my kitchen and my wife kind of looked at me like, are we doing this? So I shut it off. (laughs) But, But the point is that it does work. So if you're interested, there it is.
0: There's a question on Instagram. A. McFarland asked about tips for staying honest with yourself while shopping for a car. And we've alluded (laughs) to this in the past a little bit, but I really want to come back to projection. Projecting yourself into the usage of your car is the best thing you can do to think, all right, even though I want the sports seats... I'm going to be doing a lot more commuting, and so the regular seats yeah, yeah. probably would be better for me. They're going to save me a little bit of money, even though it's hard because you want to spec it out. It's a natural tendency to just go down the list and say, well, the sports seats must be better. Well, yeah. Yeah. not always because what are you going to use it for? You, you might hate yourself, honestly, for getting mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is, and I just use that as an example here. But, yeah, you're doing that in your thread here, You know, whether it's the tech pack or – You know, where are you going to be living? All those kinds of things. You've just got to really think down the road and think, okay, six months from now, a year from now, how long am I going to keep this car? It's hard to say on every car how long you're going to keep it. I get that. But generally speaking, it's going to be a couple years. So Mm -hmm. down the road and just envisioning yourself, all right, I'm going to be really living with this thing and insurance, all that stuff. So projection. Well, he's.
1: He's asking in general about, do you do the most hardcore spec if you're not going to use it? And my my thinking is along along your lines, Paul, and that is really think about how you're going to use it. Because here's the thing that happens, and I know I'm going to the extreme of the Lotus Elise owner, but it it relates here. You need to think about the sacrifices that are involved the more hardcore a car gets. And if you're okay with those sacrifices in all conditions, then go for it. But if you're not okay with those sacrifices... Then that's gonna to start to kind of undermine your love for the car. Mm. and I'm a guy that I mean clearly by the car that I drive I, I I'm okay with the sacrifices because I prefer the gains. but watch me struggle to get out of my car, watch me sit in there and sweat when it's a really hundred and ten degree hot day and my air conditioner can't keep up. but in the back <laughs> of my mind, I'm like, yeah. But I asked for this because look what I what could I love out of this car? You have to really have a serious conversation about what are the things I'm willing to sacrifice on a car I drive daily, and everybody's answer is different.
0: Track daily crush. We got to finish on this. It's Great, 1980s it. royalty from Steve B. Asking I saw about this. Oh, you know my answer, Steve. You know what I'm going to say already. Ferrari F40, Porsche 959, and the original roof Yellowbird. And, well, if you live in Germany, your local track is the ring and your daily drive is, of course, on the de-restricted sections of Autobahn. Uh Uh-huh. You know my answer. I'm crushing the Ferrari. I'm sorry. But the F40, I want to drive this car. It intrigues the daylights out of me. Turbocharged Ferraris. Unbelievable. Yeah. But the Yellowbird would be my Autobahn car and I'd track that 959.
1: Really? You and I are very split on this. Hmm. I'm kind of surprised how split. I'm crushing the roof, not because oh. it's not interesting; it's fascinating. It's a fascinating car, but it is a notorious handful. It's a notorious handful, yeah. So I'm crushing like an F40 the roof. Forty isn't. I'm not saying it's not, but it is still an F40. I'm crushing the roof. Oh. I'm dailying the nine fifty nine because I think it would be brilliant on the autobahn every single day. It would be brilliant. Oh, it
0: would. It would.
1: And then the F40 is the is the ring car, which one to, one of two things will happen. I will master it or it will kill me but it will be I will be laughing either <laughs> exactly. way. So there exactly.
0: you go. At least you'll be loving it. Holy cow, we've got to draw this to a close. Guys, really appreciate it. We always thank you but it's you that makes the podcast and your suggestions and the car debates so keep writing to us. We've got a long list and I love the topic Tuesdays that are continuing to come in. There's one that yeah, I want to cover fun. next Tuesday and it's from the Reese asking about uh, introducing your friends or, or just kind of Convincing, uh, introducing kids, the next generation of enthusiasts to cars, mm, and then there okay. was somebody else, you know, saying, "How do I convince my friends that cars are different and they evoke a different feel just by the car itself?" And I think that well, would be good be for a us to cover
1: four-hour talk right there. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a whiteboard. You're not gonna be able to see in bullet points. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, you're gonna
0: whiteboard the process out for me, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, gonna, be here, yeah, gonna be start here. Yeah, bubble out, charts okay. and graphs and all right.
1: Holy cow, guys, Falling thank with you TED again. Talk. It's going to be terrible, yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you imagine? All right. Well, guys, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
2: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty
0: much had it with the partial government shutdown.
2: It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...